Hi, I'm Adrian Maidman. Welcome to the podcast, I'm Also, where we talk to people with multiple careers, pursuits, and interests. My guest for this episode is singer-guitarist Josh Powell. Hello, Josh. Hey, how's it going, Adrian? I'm going very well. Good. Um, good, good. We're sort of getting to the end of summer, so I'll just do a, a general question start. What have you been doing over summer, um, musically? Musically, well, it's it's basically been wedding season from for us since maybe like November, I think, so... Um, yeah, a lot of weddings. Um, still so you, doing heaps of bar gigs, though. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mate, probably should have said at the introduction, you're a big focus on weddings, mm, performing. These, these, yeah, the last few years, yeah, it's turned into that because um, that's just where it, where the journey's gone. Really, yeah. it's like people have just started like asking me at bar gigs to say, like, you know, um, we're getting married next September, or whatever, and then would you play our Wedding, and I'm like, yeah, and I like no idea how to price it to begin with, but just kind of like, you know, price it a bit fairly, like not much, a bit more than a buzz, but you know, it's a private event, like here, get you for longer kind of thing, so it's worth it. And then, and then, but yeah, over time, um, it just got, I guess, word of mouth really matters in uh, the bay as well. Yeah, you, it, you do a good job. Do you it? find it stressful doing weddings? I th- can be. I well, I'm like pretty burnt out after the season, like yeah. I have to take a break. Yeah, it's pretty, um, because maybe it's ex- pretty full on. Could you explain your? Because you have a like you're the whole day there. Can you explain mm. your your day? Yeah. On a wedding day. Yeah. So we'll get there at like 10 a.m. to set up, and we'll be there till 1 a.m. at the finish. You know, like we'll finish at 12 probably, and then pack up, take like 45 minutes. You know, so so it's to a typical day we'd set up, and then um, um, we'd normally have to set up like because I offer. Um, me playing at the ceremony for like acoustic solo and in the afternoon I'd do like a couple hours, few hours like acoustic solo and then um, the duo, like me and Nick will play after dinner, so the reception and um, if they do the whole package deal then we'll be there like yeah, from the whole day, and um, it's Nick from our pre- one of our previous yeah, shows Yeah, Nick Ruinui, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he plays drums for me in a band called Pow Wow and um just from my last name. <laughs> that band name just came yeah. out like, we were just thinking about it at Vruco, like outside, we were just like, yeah. I remember I saw oh, that, that now, I thought, I, thought that, I saw that and I thought, man, that's genius, that name. Yeah, and yeah, I, it didn't take long. And then I went, oh. <laughs> there wasn't much, brain, there wasn't <laughs> much brainstorming. This is his last name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it wasn't, yeah. But like we, we I, I say it like, like powwow is like a meeting of people in like, you know, American Indian culture, you got a powwow. Like a, I think that's right. I don't know. Push should Google that, but I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I just say it like that. It's like a you know a gathering of people getting together and having a party. That's basically what our band's about. Like we just take, you know, classic tunes and we just remix the hell out of them. Because I like, especially after I've gone to Tomorrowland, like in Belgium and Europe, like that festival really changed my idea of how to um, approach songs. And so when I came back that season after um, after that festival, um, I was just like taking three or four songs, some different, you know, sort of eighty song, maybe a ninety song, and like an R&B song mixed with like <clears throat> an old fifty song, and then like thinking of it like a DJ would. So like bring it in with one one track, going like building um, drop with that one, and then bringing something else, the other element into it, and then like maybe coming back around or. Just stuff like that, like, and that kind of changed our powwow. Um, oh yeah, t- sound that as well. festival what, tomorrow what, and Belgium. Yeah, and what and kind of music? So it's all DJs, it's all EDM, um, but it's like the best in the world, yeah. like the best DJs 
like all, all kinds of drum and bass, uh, house, hardstyle, like whatever. But I didn't know about the festival and my mate convinced me to go and it's a lot of money. And I was like, I don't know, I've never heard of this festival. I was like, you know, ignorant about it. But I liked seeing live bands. I wasn't really in seeing DJs at that point. Um, this is like five years ago. Um, so I was like open to it, but it was a lot of money. Like it's they're probably the, you know one of the most expensive ones to go to because it is the best. Because it's like the Disneyland of festivals. It, like it's like twenty four stages, something like that. It's like they do two weekends now, where like I think it's three hundred sixty thousand people over the two weekends oh. go. It's like huge, um, but it's the most like organized, well organized, well thought out festival I've ever been to. Like it's worth the money. Like it's you know you get what you pay for kind of thing with that it, festival. How, how many times have you been there? So the first time we went um, was I think two thousand sixteen. I think, and we went because that was the first weekend or maybe the second weekend uh, second time they'd done two weekends and we, yeah so we ended up doing two weekends <laughs> back to back which is crazy because like it's it goes from Thursday to Sunday like there's a pre-party on Sunday and it's like three-day festival um but um after so we got got back on Monday back to London and then um had to like fly back for like the second weekend so it was like a like a crazy it was a crazy week but um, that really just opened my eyes to that whole EDM style of festival and just thinking of songs like that, really. Like getting more of a mix and a link between them. Yeah, yeah. How do you actually get that sort of big sound when there's only two of you? Uh, a, few, a few things, like the, what, the biggest one, because we used to play just dry acoustic, not even any pedals and with drums, and we did that for maybe like three or four months at the beginning, and I was like, this, you know, this could sound better because it is like quite thin, it's quite like... Um, it needs more depth to it. Like you're not ba- no bass player, no other instruments, so you need to like fill it out. So when I like found the octave pedal, um, which I got the idea from actually like Royal Blood, but the, the opposite way. You know how he plays play, bass, but it's like a guitar sound on top. I'm um, using octave pedals um, and other things, but um, I was like, I'll oh, do the opposite if that works on an acoustic. But like before, the pedals were like really wobbly and for like electric guitar. But this one was the first one where I was like, you can play chords and still have the sub and the sub octave underneath it so it really fills out the acoustic like you like eq it it's really hard to eq in some rooms but like if you eq it right you can get this nice warm kind of bass underneath like the like the rubbish like most rubbish bass player you've ever seen basically just playing the root notes of like whatever the chord i'm playing but it it does fill out the the sound and that's why we we get a lot of comments saying people saying we sound like a three or four piece band but it's like yeah it's just the mixing of the yeah, sound that's what i've always thought was like yeah, frequencies only two of them it sounds like there's four of them mm. it's just about that's another thing from djs you can learn like, like about frequencies and just mix and, and mixing and uh, dead mouse is really good at that on youtube Learn mm. about mixing and stuff like that yeah so how do you keep your um like you might be doing six hours of singing in a in a day slash night how do you mm. keep your voice in top nick vocal zones <laughs> you can see it's a bit raspy today because we had jam night last night so every tuesday um we run an open mic night if any musicians or singers are interested in uh playing with us or like for a crowd it's every tuesday at Bruco. so that's um that's what was on last night so i'm a bit raspy today but <laughs> yeah vocal zones from the pharmacy they really help i've had those ever since busking days so that was um they they basically like lozenges you just kind of lubricate and help you like breathe properly so then it helps me sing better for longer but i have them at pretty much every gig now but uh other than that if it's starting to fail then i ha- um i love 
ginger and honey, just ginger and honey with hot, hot water and just sipping on that because that seems to like just calm it down straight away. Stuff like that. I don't like lemon in it because that seems to, um, for me, just like dries, dries it out a bit. But people like lemon sometimes. But mm. Mm. You mentioned you do busking. Um, mm. I did, yeah. I did. I do now, but like a charity busk now. I'm yeah. doing like charity busking now because like I used to do it for like five years. Yeah. And then yeah, I mean, now I'd, I'd, I'd be walking in town, and then you'd be here. So I'm like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, you was that in Devonport, like yeah, that street. Yeah, because I was. I had one spot there, and then I used to go outside Bees and Buttercups and Mount. And that oh, was my like, yeah, Sunday one. Yeah. So I'd go to town on Saturday, and then Mount on Sunday. Yeah. What's the key to being a successful busker? Bringing in the money. I think it? really choosing your spot wisely is really important because that, that, that's why I went in that place in Devonport Road. Because it was like I didn't have a speaker. I had like a, a guitar you can't even plug in. Like it, my strap yeah. was, when I started, my strap was duct taped to my guitar because I didn't realize you could get pins put in and then just strap it on. Like that was that ignorant. Like it was that early on. I was like, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, but this spot had like great acoustics. So I had no speaker or anything. So I went in there and I could just like sing normal level, not have to push too much. So I could sing five, six hours. And yeah, so so spot, yeah, um, a really good spot, like with good acoustics or like you want good walking traffic, but you want maybe like benches around or like somewhere people can sit and actually watch you. Because if you just got walking traffic, people, a lot of people are too busy. They're just, they won't stop and listen. Um, that's important. Um, I think taking regular breaks, like don't push it too hard because if you're there for like a six hour session, just I took a break every hour like I do now. But I think it's just, you can give more to the song like over time. Yeah. If you're like pushing it too hard for too long, it's like. Did you have your sort know. of like, say, your money songs where you sort of. Um... Oh, well, that's the thing. That's how I kind of like shaped my set for like a bar from busking was like those the songs that people were really giving money to. I was like, okay, that's my like main set. Sort of like market that, research yeah. sort of. Yeah. Without, that's what I mean. All this stuff was like without even meaning to it, just kind of naturally happened. It's so strange. Like, yeah. It's quite a, it's quite a brave thing, busking, isn't it? You've sort of got nowhere yeah. to go, have you? And my sister said, you know, she said to me the other week, she was like, I can't believe, like, you, how you sing in front of people and not really, like, I don't get, like, I get, you get, I get nervous at weddings, like ceremonies, because you can't mess them up. Like, it's quite important. That's yeah. part of the job. But, like, bars, like, I'm quite relaxed now. I've done it so long. I'm like, like, I, don't, I just enjoy it more. Um, but um, she's, I can't believe I sing in front of people, but I can't, like, you know, speak in front of people that well. But um, singing is just, I don't know. But, um, yeah, she, uh, I don't know. She just, uh, brought it up and I was like yeah but like playing on the streets you can play on the streets you can play in front of anyone so I feel like that maybe got me over that hump because I remember being like super nervous when I first tried I didn't even know I could, if I could do it I saw some other guy doing it outside pack and save actually I gave him a shout out Dylan Israel I saw you outside pack and save bro and I was like oh yeah I could do that <laughs> well I did it in town and I did it um I had like 10 songs like oh it's still I just I only moved from England two years before that so I was still playing like heaps of old Coldplay Oasis Utter Monkeys, that was my main kind of set to yeah. begin with. And that was, again, some money, I think, because I was young and it was like, I was obviously putting, I knew the songs well. Yeah. <laughs> but then I started having to learn, you start learning, those, some people start saying, oh, do you know Hallelujah? Do you know Wagon Wheel? Um, what's your favourite, like, if you go to a bar, what do you want a band to play? Like, what's your favourite song? It depends what mood you're in, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes I want them just to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, ah. Oh. This actually be better without the music sometimes. But, like, it depends on the venue. It depends on the time, day. Did you have any, like, like disaster bus? Was, like, have you got a, a real bad busker story? Um, oh, well, like, that guitar I was just saying. The reason why I bought the next guitar was because 
uh, you know, the palm trees down the mountain, it was like, like lent up against one of those. And I would literally turned away for a second. It was real windy and it like blew over, snapped the neck. And then, so I was like, okay, well, this is like a sign. I've got to buy this new guitar I've been looking at for like a month. I was like, I'm going to get a guitar anyway. But now I was like, I have to get it now. And that's what made me like, but the main thing I learned from all that was just, I reinvested the money I was making. I was like buying gear with it. I think that's really important early on to any people thinking about doing it is like, just reinvest your money in the business as much as you can. Because like I use my, like when I studied here, I used my course related costs for a busking amp. So that was like my busking up for like four years, which paid itself off, you know, pretty soon. Did, you must you must know a lot of songs then. Yeah, I think I like I have an iPad now. So I used to so I had these folders of paper and you like blow around and have that palaver for so long. But yeah, now now it's on the iPad. But the iPad says about I think it's like eight fifty, <laughs> something like that. But obviously we never get to play all of those. But it's good having them there. If someone says, "Oh, do you know this?" Um, we still get like I still get heaps of stuff even now where it's like. Do you know the song? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, I should. I should know the song. So this, I make sure I write those down in like a to-learn list and like in the notes in the pad, like in the phone. And I use that a lot for to-do lists and just to stay organized. Because otherwise, like I forget, like there's so much going on now. It's like easy to forget mm. these little things. So Yeah. To-do list. Be, um, what about organizing? Because you're, sort of, you're sort of full-time musician now. Eh? Mm. So how do you um, organize your time? Yeah, the so like singing sort of side of things, like yeah, like my business, own time. Oh, yeah, business time. The business of well, it. Monday is business day for sure, because it's like the weekend's just done. I don't play any gigs on Monday, um, and then so I get all my admin done, all the emails, tax stuff, just whatever needs doing that I kind of put off over the weekend because it's I got to focus on the weddings or yeah, that's Mondays. And then like during the week, I, I like like playing. Um, I play football every Wednesday, so I take fo- Wednesdays football day. Like I never play a gig on Wednesday. What's your team? Um, my like football, whatever sport. Oh, my local team is Bristol City, and then my like probably favorite big team is Arsenal, but they're doing terrible at the moment. So yeah. I don't like to talk about that. The new, but. Manager. <laughs> the new manager. I'm avoiding the it. The new manager hasn't worked out. No, <laughs> not at all. But United have the same thing. So, but not as bad. But anyway. <laughs> but no, UFC is like my main passion with sport now because I just as soon as I got into, it, I just realized it clicked like how much the fighters are putting in to this fight like I had a real respect for it like I never because I would thought about training for it but I was like if I get like an in hand injury like I'm I can't, I can't, I can't do any yeah. weddings for the whole season you know people pay deposits like I can't let that happen yeah. I'd love to do it but so I had to watch it all the time to kind of like satisfy that <laughs> urge I think to the physical fight at the movie. <laughs> yeah I don't know so you go do you um, so you go to fights have you been to the yeah yeah um, I've been to the one in Melbourne uh, is Israel Adesanya, who's um, is the recent Kiwi. Uh, yeah. Not the championship fight, but the, the one against Silver. Oh, yeah. And it was supposed to be under his co-main to um, Whitaker and Gastelum. But Whitaker, yeah, um, we were talking before. I was saying um, we flew in um, for this fight and uh, literally as we landed, like we're queuing for... Uh, for customs at the airport and everyone's just checking their phone getting alerts and uh, the main fight uh, Whitaker's pulled out with um, stomach issues like on the day of the fight and it was like such a you know to fly over it was such a like like ugh but I did really go to um, see Israel Adesanya fight so he's a Kiwi but he's uh, and I, I think 
yeah, Nigerian born, yeah. but he's based in Auckland and it's really cool seeing um, a Kiwi because he's a champion now. Yeah, he's a champion, yeah. He's a middleweight champion, so. Um, he seems like he's got a good team behind him. Yeah, a great team. Oh, that gym's amazing, yeah. like City Gym. Um, he's got Volkanovski's um, featherweight champion as well. And um, yeah, they've got like Dan Hooker's in that gym. He's got fight Paul Felder in Auckland, but I can't go because it's Nick's 40th the same oh. day. So I was like, this is how much I love you, bro. <laughs> I'm going to go to your 40th. You know how much I love you. You'll see. I'm not going to the Auckland one, um, which is like, that'll be a great fight. The card's not that great. It's missable. So why are next those, 40th. Why are they so successful, those guys? The UFC? They're, no, the New Zealand oh. guys. Oh, um, I think that's what you said. Like, it's that gym. At yeah. the moment, they've got killers in that gym. They'll be training really well. If they've got Israel, you've got good people fight, you know, training around. You've got Kai Kara France there as well, who's an up-and-comer um, from in New Zealand. Um, Justin Taffer, just... Got a knockout on the um, the last event, a John Jones event, which like he definitely lost that fight, which is amazing to see John Jones lose a fight, and I was like, oh no, but he the judges like gave it to him, so it was pretty funny. But but I no, but the best thing about that trip actually was coming back in the airport like three days later. We had a couple of days after UFC, and um, I'm like we're in the airport lounge and we're checking uh, about to go on the, um, the plane. And I turned around, like, Izzy's in line behind me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I got to meet him, and I got a photo oh, really? with him and talked to him. How yeah. tall is he? How tall is he? Very tall. He looks like he's very lean. He is lean. But, like, you could t- it's more like his fighting set is, like, whips. You know, like, John Jones' legs, like, kind of, like... It'd be very hard to... I, I reckon, I, I, like, I size them up. <laughs> yeah. He always size people <laughs> up. And I'm up. like, um, no. I'm like, no, I'm definitely never <laughs> wanting to fight this guy. Like, never. Was he never. intimidating, just, like... No, he was real friendly, but yeah. like, but his, um, you know, he is tall. I think he's taller than people think when they see him on TV. If you see him in real life, he's a bit taller, I think, than you would think. So, mm. um, you got your football. Yeah. So you play team here as well. You- yeah, yeah. It's like five aside indoor. So I do that every Wednesday, and that's kind of that keeps me kind of sane because I can't not have football in my life because I've grown up with it. Like played since I was like three, four. So I have to do something. Because I can't play on Saturdays really because of weddings yeah. and, and other gigs. So, um, how long does the wedding season go for? Man, it's like it used to be November earliest to like March, and now it's like people are getting married a lot more. Like it still would before, but April, May, and and like doing what we did. Like our earliest one was in September. Um, so it's going early. It's like the whole year. But I think you can probably save money on the venue going at a different time of year. You take a risk with the weather, but it'd be worth it for some um, to save some money there. Or, or, or um, if you just, I don't know, if it just suits people that time of year sometimes. But just seeing more and more of that. Like our last one's in, in May, but we've got an inquiry about one in June. So yeah. it's like, it's like, but I always, I always take July and August off. I was saying um, before, like I do get burnt out after the season. So I do have to take some time. It's important to take time off and, um, and like want to enjoy it again. Cause I've had some friends, I don't know if I should name names, but like <laughs> talk to me about, well, they like, they, they do the same schedule as me. They'll do the bars and stuff. And then, uh, and then they'll like really get sick of it. And like, like one's like half quit wanting to do it, wants to do other things. And one's like stepping back or they, you know, but I, I feel their pain because sometimes working as a cover musician, it's like it is a grind sometimes, especially mm. in the summer. Like it, it's hard finding enjoyment in every gig all the time. Yeah. Like it is still work. Yeah. So you're, so, so you're focused on the cover because you have done original, you've got your own original Yeah, yeah. Well. So that's like, I mean, it's, I don't know how to say this for 
years, but <laughs> it's a long time coming. But like my last EP was like 21, so like five years ago. So I've been like really focused on the cover side of things to be honest the last few years and haven't really focused on originals. But like the last year and a half, I've been writing and doing stuff, right? like getting that ball rolling. And um, now it's at the point where I've got like 14 songs, but like I've picked nine or 10 maybe. And now I'm at recording demo stage at home, which I'll take to other people to jam with. Um, to like, I want to do collabs on like quite a few songs with um, some musicians around, obviously Nick, um, but some other people as well I've got in mind. And I bought, so I bought like a, a, a Moog synth. Oh yeah. And that, 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 so I got that from Troy Kingy's album. Um, I don't know if I can, can you swear on this? No. Not really. <laughs> but it's like Shake Your A all the way to Zigatron, like the album name. It's like the best. But it's like a real psychedelic mix with like Curtis Mayfield, Al Green, oh, yeah. mixed with like psychedelic kind of spacey genre, I guess. Um, so you, do you know Troy Kingy? You heard of him? Yeah, I heard of him. Yeah, he's a, so he's, yeah, a Kiwi singer. He's like my recent kind of idol, like... Yeah inspiration for sure so Have that you... album is covered in sorry the, sorry it's uh, covered in the Moog oh, yeah. so that's why I bought it and I want that sound on my album as well oh, okay. like Thomas Oliver so uses it so you that two of that sort of separately from the from yeah covers. yeah I think it'd be definitely a sef- separate project like yeah. from Pow Wow um, probably just under my name I guess or, or if I come up with a name I'm not sure yet about that but but like, I'm just excited to get I don't know I want to work on a video I've got some video people like contacts that um I'd love to work with, like for music videos. Got that. Like everything's kind of like the pieces are there. It's just bringing it all together and finding the time to do that. So at the moment, it's quite. I mean, it's time, but it's like a it's a slow burn. Yeah. You got any uh, your musical influences? Yeah. yeah my, well, my biggest one is Alex Turner, I like Arctic Monkeys, um, singer because he he inspired me in the way like because I went that time in my life when um, I don't know they were like their first album came out and like I was just just getting like into playing electric guitar really and playing in a band so I was playing a lot of Green Day and stuff like that but um just simple stuff but there's like three guitarists in our band and this is how I started singing like I didn't I always just played guitar since I was six but I, I never sang but there was three guitarists in our, our band and we're like hey someone's got to sing and someone's got to play drums you know you've got to change it up but we're all three guitarists <laughs> trying to have, and that was the same as Arctic Monkeys like they were um um, so I so anyway I ended up singing anyway but like so but that's ha- what happened with Arctic Monkeys they were like studying and they were like seventeen like maybe sixteen but like Alex had never like played guitar but taught himself kind of in a year got some lessons I think as well and then like a year later they brought out their first album and that's like the fastest selling yeah, British that. album in history yeah, like for, like Be- Beatles and stuff it was crazy like it was a massive hype but like it's crazy for like um progress for like not knowing anything yeah. from guitar that's really inspiring so just his like poetry and his lyrics that kind of thing and uh yeah it was like street poetry at those days which like as i've grown up i've kind of grown up with how he's grown up as well which is cool to hit the lyrics change and appreciate it so yeah that's probably my biggest influence she's still got a sort of that british strong british influence yeah yeah because i left there when i was 14 so it was like i was there long enough still feel like that's yeah. my home a little bit but i got three younger sisters so their 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 situation's a bit different especially the youngest she's like she was here from like the age of 2 or something so yeah, she's basically yeah yeah hers is a bit more kiwi twang so i don't know but when i go over there they like oh you sound kiwi and then when i'm here they're like you're english so i'm like what is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a hybrid 
No idea. English twang. Mate. Yeah, I I don't know. I just talk, mumble, and um, see what comes out. Sing sometimes. When I sing, I don't even know what it sounds like either. I don't know. Neutral American accent, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like the sing voice. Yeah, and it depends on the song, especially with covers. If I sing Passenger, I I end up like singing like I've smoked like (laughs) twenty, which he as he smokes a lot for a singer. But that's what um, I saw Post Malone once, and that surprised me. Like I was like, I'm not a Post Malone fan really, but he's got a good songwriter. But but like he was at a festival, and I was like, oh, we'll see him live because no one else is on, you know. And he amazed me. Like he was smoking and drinking the whole set, but like nailing. The song, I was like, "Wow, like that's <laughs> that's impressive to me because I know Inspiring. like I could do that for an hour, but maybe not a whole tour." Like Jesus, that's crazy. But yeah. that was my biggest surprise because um, that's at a festival called Zagat or Zagat um, in Budapest, which is like seven days long, and that's my favorite um, festival I've gone this year. I'll be going six years in a row. Wow! So that's my biggest. Yeah, that's kind of my like like. When, my really like my escape that that festival that's because they always had the a really good lineup it's like really good value for money budapest is beautiful and not too expensive like it's in the eastern part of europe so it's more cheaper than central europe mm-hmm. like a lot cheaper but um so you can and like the lineups always like like last year the headlines like ed sheeran foo fighters ed sheeran was like night one the whole week cost like 400 500 dollars and Ed Sheeran to see him like was like three hundred dollars just to see him here. Mm. So like night one of seven days, you're seeing you know some big acts so every day. Yeah, so that's um. So once you come back, you recharge. Yeah, that's what I mean. Every time I do, and I come back with new ideas from these festivals, and especially Tomorrowland, that was the biggest one where I changed. I was like, let's remix every song because playing the same songs, it's like the same with covers. It's like we we'll don't we have to do the same song like it's like Wagon Wheel and. You know, Sweet Child of Mine or whatever, like whatever song it is, um, uh, Summer of 69. It's the ones that everyone's shouting out for. They want to hear them. They want to sing along to them. But it's like we're doing them in a way no one's heard before. We're just making it fun for ourselves, um, which I think is important. Because uh, if I, yeah, because I've gone through stages where I've started to like, I might, yeah, like hate it and like, well, yeah. do I, should I really do this? Um, yeah. But got through those and now I'm enjoying it more because you find happiness in other areas of the job. Rather than what was maybe happy before at the start. So, what's the happiest area of of the music industry for you mm. at the moment? Oh, probably now, just because like we're 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 smashing goals, like we're you know good doing a good good amount of work. Like I'm taking mini breaks rather than just like like New Year's Eve week was like a pretty crazy week. We did like twelve gigs in one week. Like it was probably a bit too much, but it was <laughs> but it was um but like every other week it's been like well balanced. Like I've done some big gigs or done like a you know three or four gigs in a row but then taking like two three days off and like rather than doing i think yeah before i was just like over uh, just saying i'd say, I'd say yes to everything that's a problem because <laughs> like yeah i just get um i think you got to be really open to everything you can that comes your way yeah you got a plan sort of you know plan for the next couple of years i really want to see well like i'm happy with where we're at with covers like i feel like that's a good place and we can just keep you know improving on that um maybe just with some new mixer new lighting stuff like that little things but but i really want to see where this original stuff goes like i want to get that out and just have something like a body of work proud of and just you know i really like because i really want to do i wouldn't want to do 
like any big show. I don't like even doing like festival shows or big shows. I would like doing small venue, like 30, 40 people, intimate kind of like doing the album like that and like touring maybe 12 towns around New Zealand and you're going to stay acoustic do something well like like still powered and everything yeah. but like just smaller of rooms um, rather than like I'd, I don't know I just like I would like yeah would like to do that kind of buzz camping like like camp in a van and stuff like that stay in the town for a few days at each stuff like that but um, yeah other than that I don't like being too I wouldn't want to be too well known like too yeah, I really like. I really hate the idea of being famous at all. Don't want to be famous <laughs> like, at all. <laughs> I don't want people bothering me. Like I don't know. I already get like heaps. Um, Successful, you know. But not the fame yeah, side of yeah. I don't like like because I'm a massive Ricky Gervais fan, and he he really opened my eyes to the the like the silliness of fame, basically, and what it is. He seems to handle it well. Mm, he does, yeah. but he's like he's just clocked it. I, I try and follow him as much as possible, and what he does because he's he's a good um, blueprint. Him, Joe Rogan, podcast, you know, um, just interesting, you know, just listening to like, it's cool how you guys are doing podcasts now because I like, we, me and Nick talked about it maybe two years ago, like just the idea of doing one in the van, like on the way to, to gigs, just idea. like talking and having a yeah. GoPro or something, but maybe you should do that. I don't know. Yeah. But like, I do love it. I love how it's become a thing. Yeah. It was like popular and then it went down a bit, but now it's. It's really Do you think it's like diluted the market a bit? Like everyone kind of have everyone's like, okay, this it's, is the thing. Let's get it's one. It's a growing market because like, people like you know Spotify. They've been spending millions on mm. on it. And yeah, it's a big, now. you know it's a big business thing now as well. So mm. you know you should have your blog, which you still do, but a lot of people are doing podcasts, like businesses. Yeah, you know, like marketing podcasts. Mm. Well, it's just like anything people are interested in, you could have a podcast for. Yeah, because people there will be an audience for it. Yeah, you just got to get a specific niche. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'd like. Like I'd like that's what with the music. It's like I'd, my, I I want to write my originals, not for anyone. Like just what kind of like that comes out, and then like if people like it, like those people who like it, I will probably get on with. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so, I want them at my show. I want to meet them, and yeah. so it's like I think that's the way to go. Ricky does that. He just does. He puts out what he feels like he should put out. I've got this idea of going to Thailand because I've been to Thailand a few times. It's like my favorite probably place in the world apart from New Zealand. It's just, I love the people, the food. I, I worked in a Thai restaurant for two years before um, doing music. So um, I learned like how they cook Thai and like some Thai language and stuff like that. So when I went over there, I have a real connection with them. And like, I had an idea of going over with a travel guitar, a little busking amp. And cause there's heaps of people who just play in the bars, like acoustic kind of like one solo man things, like what I do. Um, and I was like, what if I do like, a no money challenge kind of thing where like like Simon Wilson style, I don't know if you know him on YouTube, but he does these no money challenges. Um and go like go there, pay obviously pay for the flight so I can't get it for him for free, but um take the guitar and the and the, and the, and the speaker and just go to the bars and be like, oh can I play for you for like um some food or like a tab, maybe a place to stay. Like they would like honestly I think they could definitely like they have like accommodation normally at the back and they like, yeah, stay with us and get to know them like the locals rather than like a touristy kind mm. of thing but like whatever I make from the tips I have to use that money to, for like travelling and food and whatever like so I, I try and do it for like no money and then see how far I can get from like Chiang Mai at the north and try and head just south maybe fly out of Phuket so I was thinking about doing that and like filming some of it yeah that'd be good mm, that's another idea that's a good idea that's a good idea yeah and we'll just get to my final section plug yeah. a product oh cool plug a product yeah. how can people find out 
if romance is happening in their lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're thinking of taking Have you just the got engaged step. at New Year's? <laughs> yeah. How do they find <laughs> out about you? Um, okay, so uh, most of our stuff now is on my Instagram. So Josh Powell Music, J-O-S-H-P-O-W Music. And we've got a Facebook page for Power Wow. It's Power Wow NZ. And Josh Powell Music's got a Facebook page. You can check out all our videos there. Um, we have a promo video on YouTube. If you just search um, JPM Promo 2019, you can see it and see what we're about um, for weddings. There's a couple of wedding sites as well. Isn't it? Mm, Tar- yeah, Taronga Weddings. Taronga Weddings. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Because most of our inquiries honestly come in now through in a lot bit more people on Instagram. People hit me up on Instagram a lot more. So that's our main. So get me on there. I'll, I'll probably get back to you fastest. But or just flick me an email if you need something. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Come see us at a gig sometime. I put my all my gigs at, um, on my story. So if you follow my Instagram, you can just see where we're playing on the weekend. And if you're available, then come down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks, Josh, for your time. Sir, Thank you. Good. Yeah.